This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for being here today. Today's episode is supported by Prevenex. This is where I get all of my multivitamins and supplements, and specifically you runners, if you are looking to protect your joints and have longevity in this sport, I highly, highly recommend checking out their Joint Health Plus supplement. I have been recommending this to everybody, and here is a recent testimony that multivitamin and joint health have already made a difference. My energy and recovery have seen an improvement. That is from Christina, who is someone who purchased this product using our code ANOTHER, which by the way, gets you 15% off your order. I have personally been using the Joint Health Plus for months now, and I am feeling great. I also use their protein powder, their Neurofi Plus, every day. My boys use it. We use it in smoothies. I take it for breakfast on the go. You all can try this out yourself for 15% off when you go to Prevenex.com and use the code ANOTHER at checkout. All right. Today's episode is episode 276, and I'm talking with Howard Lau. Howard is a photographer based in the Pacific Northwest. He was born and raised in Portland, and you see his photographs from all the big track meets. He combines his unique background as a Division I athlete, he was a hurdler, by the way, with his photography, capturing the essence of athletes and the moments that bring fans closer to the competition. He's provided coverage at events of all calibers from local elementary schools to world championships like Beijing in 2015, Portland in 2016, and London in 2017, as well as the Olympic trials. Okay, I have wanted to have a photographer on for a while, and I am so fascinated by their job, specifically in regards to the sport and what it's like to get out on the track and take pictures and what their contracts look like with getting into these events and the credentials and all that. And he explains everything to us and his pictures are just phenomenal. You can learn more about him when you go to how Lao, that's L A O photography.com. And you can also find him on Instagram. He is how Lao photography over there. He's also a coach. He coaches at the Portland public school system. So overall great guy and super, super fun to talk to. All right. Don't forget to sign up for the players virtual Donna 5k. Okay. I'm doing it. It's the weekend of October 24th. This supports the Donna foundation, which is an organization that is super close to my own heart. I've been working with them for four years now. Um, You can actually sign up for three of their races um, for the fearless series and get a medal for doing all three races. But the first one coming up is the players Donna 5k, a great way to test your fitness and also support an amazing organization. The Donna foundation supports those who are walking through breast cancer and also supports groundbreaking research for the disease. They work closely with the Mayo clinic and with COVID this year, so many families have been deeply affected by this. 
One in five families served by the Donna Foundation since March 2020 reported financial issues as a direct result of the pandemic. And over the past two months, the Donna Care Line has seen a 78% increase in call volumes and requests by patients, family members, and caregivers for financial assistance for medical expenses, food, and shelter. So when you sign up for this race, you are supporting this organization. To learn more about the Donna Foundation, go to thedonnafoundation.org. And to get signed up for the 5K to support a great cause and also test your fitness, go to breastcancermarathon.com. When you use the code Lindsay5, you will save $5 off your registration. And I will post the link to that in the show notes at lindsayhine. Dot com. I'll also share on my own Instagram, lindsayhine626 over there. Make sure you register and tag me if you do so I can see that you're doing this along with me. All right, everybody, enjoy this conversation with Howard Lau. Well, today on the podcast, I'm so excited to welcome Howard Lau to the show. Welcome to the show, Howard. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. How is life in Portland? Well, you know, it's uh, it's sunny. It's not raining. We are preparing for the rain that's coming. I'm going to enjoy the sunshine going uh, camping with my dog and my girlfriend this weekend. So everything is, is beautiful here in Portland. Oh, nice. Where do you guys camp? Uh, this weekend, I think we're going up towards the beach, fingers crossed, but, um, it's going to be busy. It's going to be really busy. We're mm -hmm. trying to stay away from everybody. We have to reserve campsites and all that. So fingers crossed. It's also a little surprise. I think it's because it's my um, birthday's coming up in this, uh, in September. So my girlfriend's kind of planning this. She didn't want to let like, me know too many details. She just said, Hey, don't work this weekend. We're going on a trip. So I'm like, Okay, let's do it. Oh, so fun. Well, I have it on my bucket list to go out there, but obviously nothing's happening in 2020 really in regards to that. <laughs> yeah, definitely try to come for the trials. 2021 yes. trials or pre-classic or the new Hayward Stadium. Please come. Yes. Why Why was that not on my agenda anyway before? COVID? <laughs> I think I did. I had talked to some friends about going out there for the trials and I don't know why. I don't know. Nothing had moved forward with it. And then, you know, March came around and everything stopped. Right. Well, this is your official invite from okay. me. Please come to my home state. Enjoy Tracktown USA. Okay. 2021. It's happening. 2021. Uh, okay. So you're a photographer and we're going to get into that. But before sure. before we get into that, um, I asked you before the podcast, like, should I call you How or Howard? Can you explain your name and, and all of that? Yeah. So I go by both. I go by Howard Lau. I go by How Lau. How. You, most people know me as like How Lau Photography, which is great. Um, so my Mandarin name, I'm Chinese. My Mandarin name is Lau Guo Hao. Lao Guo Hao. So it sounds like how Howard. It's like, so my mom was like looking in the dictionary. Um, you know, she came here from China in like the late 80s. Like, what's a how ish name? And they're like, why about, like, why not Howard? And she's like, I like that, Howard. And so everything flows really well. Um, in my Chinese name, in the characters, they picked a specific character for my name, has the like the three dashes for like water. Mm. Um, they chose that one because they want, you know, my heart to be free like the ocean. 
um, like, you know, nice and wide. Uh, and it's great because my dad was also a swimmer. So there's like so many like different meanings into my name from the Chinese side of it that got kind of transferred to Howard. And I know like a lot of people are like Howard is like a last name, but uh, Howard is a first name for me. I love the name Howard. I'm super <laughs> into names. People that listen to this podcast have heard me talk about it a lot. I'm obsessed with names and I I love that name so much. Awesome. So Howard, how how uh how low either one, you know, you can you can find me, you can call me that. Whatever's easiest for you, Lizzie. So good. Do you have siblings? I don't. I'm an only child. However, I did grow up in a house with my cousin. Um, for about nine years. So we lived together in like a house of like nine uh, in a house. So yeah, so I'm older uh, by him by like a few years. Um, so I moved out with my parents. We probably moved out there when I was around 13, around middle school. But we lived together in a big, big family. It was my grandma, my grandpa, my uncle, my aunt, my two cousins, my mom, my dad, wow. everybody in this house. And so it even though I don't have a sibling and I'm an only child, I, I do consider him as like my brother. Oh, for sure. Okay. So what brought your parents over here to the United States? You know, just looking for a better life, yeah. you know, and uh, in the late, you know, eighties or so they're like trying to decide, should we stay in China? Uh, and you know, my dad was a businessman there. Um, should we just stay in China and start a family there? But they were thinking about, you know, I wasn't born yet. So they're like, what about this future son? Should we stay in China or not? My my parents thought long and hard about it. And they decided to move to Portland of all places. Um, not New York, not LA, Portland. And it's simply because my uh, grandfather, he chose Portland because his like friend was like you should go to portland and they're like okay what's portland i don't know but we'll go and they arrived here and it was like a ghost town and i remember growing up being like super quiet super empty nothing like what portland is today so um they just wanted a better life for me and i'm really thankful that they made those sacrifices so you know i'm born here um yeah just really that that better life so I mean, that's the story for most, most parents anyways. Yeah. just want the best for their kid. Do you speak Mandarin? I speak Cantonese. Okay. So um, my parents are from uh, Guangzhou, which is like the southern part of China. Okay. Um, so I speak, I speak Cantonese. I know some Mandarin. My parents can speak both, of course, um, and English. So they have another language over me. <laughs> so they're speaking like three dialects. I can only speak like two. Um, <laughs> I was very stubborn very stubborn. It's actually one of my biggest regrets. I didn't learn Mandarin. Um, I was like adamant, like, I'm going to speak Cantonese and English. That's it. Uh -huh. And my parents are like, please speak Mandarin. It's going to help you so much in the future. And I said, no, I want to speak Mandarin. I was like this little kid, you know, I was like four or five years old. Right. Uh, and now as like a 28 year old, I'm like, darn, I totally should have learned Mandarin because that would have been, you know, I mean, that's amazing to know like three languages oh, right yeah. um so that is my regret but don't tell my parents that because they're gonna hold it over my head <laughs> i know they always say and you have to do it like when you're young because that's the easiest way right. to learn a language our little neighbors next door um their mom their grandparents are polish and the dad is hispanic mm -hmm. and so these kids speak english spanish and polish and they're learning 
another language at school and I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys don't realize how cool this is right now. You are eight years old and you are trilingual. Exactly. It's amazing. I'm jealous. I'm like, I'm jealous of these kids for sure. Oh, but yeah. you know what? Good for them. They t- definitely should. And and my future, you know, kids will definitely be, you know, uh, Chinese, English, Spanish or whatever they want to learn. They should learn it for sure. Yeah. It's so cool because you hear like their grandparents, they only speak Polish to them. And then their dad comes mm-hmm. over and he only speaks Spanish. And and, you know, they learn they only speak English at school and at our house and, you know, all the other neighbors. So, yeah, it's really cool. OK, so talk to us about your history with running. I know you're a hurdler um, and it's so yeah. cool now that you like get a photograph, all these professional athletes like you're combining your two passions of running and photography together. So how did you get started in the sport? Yeah. So I grew up playing soccer. Um, track and field was actually not really a thing in, in our community, it, you know, in Portland. Um, I guess that's a really big part because my parents just didn't know. They, I mean, they didn't know that much English. They just came here. Um, they knew soccer. I mean, soccer, like everybody knew soccer, football, right? Um, so they had me soccer from like the third grade all the way up until I was a freshman in high school. And that's actually when I got introduced to track and field. I remember the track coach coming into my PE class saying, Hey, we want people to coming out to the the track, track club, track, um, you know, run for us. And I, I literally said, how far do you have to run? I don't want to run anything less than a lap or anything further than a lap Uh is what I said. And then I realized how far a lap actually is. It's 400 (laughs) meters. Then I realized that I am terrible at anything more than 100 meters. So really, I should have said, I don't want to run anything further than a straightaway. And I love to jump. I'm always active, uh, naturally, uh, you know, very bouncy. So I went to the jumps coach to try triple jump, long jump, could not get it. And also, I hated the sand. I did not want any sand in my shoe. Uh, I was like, this is, I, I don't know. And someone said, why don't you try the hurdles? And I said, what are the hurdles? Because again, keep in mind, I, I just got introduced to track and field. Um, never heard of it. Never really even watched it. Um, and so I did the hurdles. Naturally, the three-step came. And I said, okay, this is great. I'm going to use it as a cross-training for soccer. I mean, it's a good it's a good thing and a bad thing. It ended up being I was way better at track than soccer. Uh-huh. I, I mean, <laughs> so, you know, I never made it to... Uh, varsity soccer until my senior year, um, but I made it to state my freshman year in track. So clearly, I was way better at track than I was at soccer. So you know, started my junior year, I was like, maybe college is a possibility. Maybe running in college is a possibility. Um, I didn't really have a coach to put me on that path. So I kind of called around cold calling. Honestly, that's what I did. Kind of cold called around that's coaches cool. like, hey, uh, can I run for you? And so uh, I was left on red <laughs> by my uh, sprint coach up at UW. You know, clearly he was really busy. I think it was his first year there. Um, but I didn't give up. I called the head coach, which which is a distant coach. And I said, hey, can I run for you? And he, and he says, sure. What's your time? And I you know, said my time. He said, "Okay, I'll get get you in touch with my uh, with the sprints coach, and we'll see how you you know you do." Um, so I walked on as a preferred walk on to the University of Washington. Okay, and 
and I yeah, you know, it was uh, it was a big change because for the hurdles, it goes up from 39 inches to 42 inches. So an extra three inches of uh, hurdles. And I didn't grow three inches. I was like five, nine, like a like a buck 30 i was really tiny so yeah. i didn't grow any i was i didn't grow any bigger uh from that senior year to uh freshman year so i really struggled with that uh finally hit my groove um my juniorish year and uh graduated from the university of washington uh made it to the top 10 list as one of the top 60 meter hurdlers which was which is great and uh, that's really my track background of of track and field in terms of running. I'm old now, you know. I'm about You're to turn 29. <laughs> oh, I my body feels old, but you know, maybe one of these days I'll come out for the Masters. Maybe we'll we'll see, Lindsay. We'll see. Oh, I love it. Well, two things with that. I just interviewed yeah. Marisa Powell, uh, coach at University <laughs> of Washington. She's amazing. Hmm. Um, mm-hmm. but she came on after you graduated, right? She did. I, I have a story about her. So I listened to that podcast. Oh, she is awesome. amazing. Her energy is so positive. Um, so welcoming, you know, probably one of my favorite coaches. Uh, I mean, she's a legend, a legendary coach, you know? And I think the biggest thing is that, you know, she said that she's not on social media. Yeah. And again, I'm the guy that says like, Hey, can you get on social media? Cause I take all these photos of you interacting with the athletes can I shout you out you yeah. know and she is amazing so again I'm on team let's get her onto social media totally um, <laughs> have one of the te- the, she... the runners manage it for you Marisa <laughs> exactly exactly so I always ask her when I see her I was like you on social yet because I can send you these photos her energy level and her just positive it's you just really want to run for her. You really want to run for her. Um, and she, you know, and her husband, Annie, are just amazing coaches. Uh, actually, my classmate from Cleveland, uh, Daniel Wynn, was coached uh, by Andy at the University of Oregon. Oh, cool. So, you know, he told me nothing but good things about the Powells. And, and so when they came to Washington, I was very excited to uh, meet them. Uh, I think it was last year's... 2019's Pac-12 championships in Arizona when I really saw in person like why like people love you know her so much like there was a little mishap with the men's four by one someone dropped the baton um I mean it's very normal for you to be disappointed in yourself hang your hang your head low beat yourself up because it was your fault it's your fault it's it's all you put this blame on yourself right and i just watched her walk over there pick this athlete up and they walked away and i'm like wow no wonder people love you so much and so i was able to capture that and uh yeah she's she's awesome she's awesome that's I, I love it. Two so, thumbs up. So cool. How cool, too, that you get to experience those moments firsthand, but also capture them. Absolutely. It's one of my favorite things being one of the photographers here. It's one of my favorite things because, you know, yes, I joke that, you know, I'm 29, I'm old, I'm not running anymore. Um, but this is a great way to stay connected to the track community um, by doing photography, right? I, I'm, I have the best seats in the house. Uh, you know, the credentials definitely help. Uh, infield access definitely helps. But finish lines, um, 
you know, we'll talk more about that stuff. But uh, yeah, best seats in the house is definitely right there, capturing everything. And then also creating a, an image that people look at and, you know, can can feel like, wow, this, this is great. Um, I've captured a lot of images of Coach Powell um, just radiating this positive coaching vibe um, that hopefully, you know, I can, you know, kind of mimic and take because, you know, I, I coach as well. So it's like I really want kids to look up to me like that as well. What a, what a goal. What a coaching goal to have to look up to Coach Powell. That's so great. Yeah. When I interviewed her, um, we had to like stop because we had um, she had a meeting. But we figured we'd be done in time. But it was so good. And she had so much energy. I was like, I cannot rush these last 15 minutes. Like we are going to have to <laughs> get back on here in like three hours. And she did. And um yeah her energy was just contagious and I wanted to be like best friends I wanted to like go hang out at her house with her and her husband and have a cocktail or something <laughs> yeah well when you come over well, yes. to the Pacific Northwest there right, right there you go there um, you go um well okay so the other thing I've never interviewed a hurdler so this is exciting oh awesome awesome yeah um well, I'm I'm gonna put that on my uh, on my bio then first to be interviewed. Yeah, hurdles is like my passion. Um, you know, I coach high school hurdlers now uh, back at Cleveland, kind of giving trying to give back to the community here, and uh, you know, I still run with them, hang with them as best as I can. Um, I love it. I think if there is a masters event that I will do, it will be the hurdles. Which is weird because usually people go, you know, let's let's do two, four, the mile, uh -huh. like let's go run a marathon as you get older. I'm like, you know what? I think I think I still have enough bounce to produce like maybe a quality like 100 meters, but only with the hurdles, only with the hurdles. Um, but also, Alan Johnson is a fantastic hurdler. He has like all the masters record. I mean, he was still running low 13s mm. and, and whatnot. Uh, as like in his 30s. So I'm like, well, I'm not going to touch those records. That's okay. Uh, but yeah. <laughs> Is he retired? But yeah. From the Masters. He's way, yes, way <laughs> retired. Way retired. Um, but yeah, usually you interview uh, distance, a lot of distance people, right? Yeah. And I've been kind of like doing a little bit more track, I, I guess. I, I think that I strayed away from track a little bit because it intimidated me because I don't, I'm not as educated on track. I'm a marathoner myself. So. I, I naturally am super curious about marathoners and I also kind of know how to talk about it a little bit more. Um, th back in the day, it's crazy how time flies so fast. I did interview like Michelle Carter and Aretha Thurmond. So I had like yeah. some, some field event people on the podcast, um, but I just had Tiana Bartoletta on the show. Mm -hmm. So like I am kind of trying to get a little bit more in the track space. And also I just realized, you know, I just have to say, it's okay if I don't know everything about track and field. It's still fun right. to interview right. these athletes that are on the track. Absolutely. And and right there, I know this is a podcast you can't see, but she is right there on my board, right there on the wall there. She is amazing, Tiana Valletta. What an amazing jumper. Um, got the opportunity to listen to her at the Nike Coaches Clinic this year before COVID. Um but she is amazing. And she just turned, it was her birthday a couple of days ago, I think. Yes. It was, yeah, I saw that. And she, um, yeah, she's such a powerful speaker as well. Okay. So you have captured some amazing images. Um, you've been to some really big 
big events and been able to be a part of that. So why don't you kind of share with us how this all started? Like, have you always been interested in photography? And when did you realize, mm-hmm. oh, I can actually like combine these passions of running and photography? Yeah, it was um, actually around my junior year at UW when I realized that um, I was like, you know what? I'm going to pick up a camera. That was about it. I'm going to go pick up a camera. Um, I was a little coming off of an injury. Um, so I was trying to figure out like, what can I do to like help the team? Right. So yes, I got to get myself better first. If I run fast times, if I go and and win races, of course that's going to help my team. But like, what else can I help my team with? Um, now I noticed there weren't a lot of photos being taken. I mean, that's just facts. I mean, it, there's so many kids. The photographer can't take photos of everybody. Um, but everybody, you know, this is about like 2013-ish. Instagram was coming out. Do you remember like Instagram with like oh, the yeah. borders? Yeah, it's old school stuff. So um, totally. I said, okay, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to take a photo. You can use it for your Instagram. So I just sprayed as many photos as I can. There was like no direction. But I still got a couple of good ones one in like a thousand i would say i was like oh it's pretty good um then i started realizing hey you know what maybe i should watch a couple of youtube videos and maybe i should really start doing this for reals you know really focusing learning the exposure triangle uh and learning you know how all this works so that was about my my senior year of college, 2014. I started like learning a little bit more. I didn't really pick it off up, up until April of 2015 at the Stanford invite, literally on the plane, going boarding the plane to going down from Seattle to Stanford. My teammate goes, you know what, Howard, you should start Halal Photography. And I said, you think so? And he's like, yeah, you should just do it because why are you putting your photography stuff with your your personal stuff? And I said, okay, let's do it. I created Howlow Photography at the airport, uh, heading down to Stanford and posted the Stanford photos from that meet. Again, I was an athlete, right? So I was running at that meet and then I took some photos. And I posted on Howlow Photography and it got like, I think like 10,000 like hits off of Facebook or something. And I said, whoa, that's so cool. Like, like so many people are like, what, like looking at my photos and people enjoyed it, of course. And at that point I was like, okay, all right, you know what? It's time to learn photography. So picked up more books, more videos. And from there, it's still even, even just a couple of days ago, picked up a book on photography and started, you know, doing other things because I do have some big plans coming up for 2021 for the, uh, for the trials and things like that. Um, so that's how I got started. It was kind of like a need helping my teammates and then also feeding a passion. Um, like I said, it was like best seats in the house, right? You're always like, there at the finish line at the start um and then of course you have to like kind of pick up the etiquette too right so now once i graduated i'm no longer that that athlete um you know i'm i'm a photographer it's no longer okay to go and talk to the athletes because you're interrupting their flow Mm. they they are here to run they're here to race it's business time it's not hangout time um if they say hi of course i'm gonna say hi um, and, and I'll wave and all that, but I'm not going to go out of my way to talk to these athletes because they're here for business. Let's not make them lose focus. Um, and then afterwards, after you, you know, run your race, you get a big PR, 
come see me because I probably have a photo for you and then we can chat then. Um, so learning these like small etiquettes things is kind of like how I picked up the rest of photography. And now it's 2020 and uh, photography is a big part of my life. Yeah. Okay. So I have so many questions about the the event. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, like so yes. say um, I'm looking at your your list of events like Beijing 2015, Portland 2016, London 2017, the Olympic Trials. Do you like so? Who do you apply for credentials to be the photography photographer on set scene? And then, like, are mm -hmm. there how many photographers do they allow in? What does that look like? Yeah, so that's going to be different for every event. Um, so for trials, because it's here in the United States. It's a little bit easier. You definitely have to have a an agency or like a newspaper or some kind of, you know, social following or whatever to kind of go in. You know, they just don't allow freelance photographers to allow freelance photographers. The point is, you're not, you know, you're not there to take up space. You're here, there to do a job as a photographer. Uh, you're not there to, as the kids would say, it, do it for the gram. You know, you're not. You can't just be there for Instagram. Okay, you gotta have some kind of assignment. Um, so having an assignment, having that background is going to help you, you know, get in, uh, for the international events, such as the world championships in London, um, they kind of figure out, okay, how many credentials can we offer to the United States? Whatever it may be, they have these certain numbers. So you have to fit that, you know, criteria, the Olympics, you know, I have yet to do that one, the actual Olympics, but that one's even more strict. You have to have an agency. You have to fit those criteria. Um, but you you can't just apply just to apply. You can't just be there to be there. Um, and again, that's going to be different for every single event. Um, COVID has changed a lot of things, um, not just in the track and field photography wise but just photography in general um usually we we're crammed in there like sardines like at the finish line with lots and lots of photographers over you um you can easily fit i would say maybe 30-ish photographers at the finish line at hayward or so where you have people laying down on their belly you have people kneeling you have people sitting and then you have people standing and that's not without any other additional like platforms. So really, really crammed in there. Um, that's not going to happen with COVID. Okay, um, question about that though. Yes. How do you decide yeah. who stands, who kneels, who's on the ground? Yeah. So everyone's going to get some kind of like finish line. I'll use, I'll use the, uh, the Olympic trials as a, as an example. So everyone's kind of free to roam, you know, within reason, the front remotes the really really flat ones those ones you know you don't get in front of those you're not supposed to get in front of any kind of remotes um that's what, like what's a big that? No -no. what's a remote the room yeah so the remote cameras oh um yeah the remote cameras are like on the finish line on the ground okay so they fire independently from your other cameras okay. so for example i would set up a finish line shot on the infield and then on the infield like by the finish line uh and then i would be on the other side 
of the finish line looking straight ahead at them. So when I press my camera, mm-hmm. I'm getting two shots at a time. Okay. Two shots at a time. Um, and a remote camera, since we're talking about remotes, at like London, um, I had to set up a remote camera. That's how I got the shot of Tiana Barletta. I, I couldn't get into the pit. So what I would do is set up a remote camera hours before the actual event, set it on the ground, set up my focus, set up everything, you know, get it warmed up, put the remote onto the trigger, onto my actual camera, then leave the area once they're actually jumping. And then I fire it remotely wow. from, you know, 50, 75, you know, feet away, away from people. Um, because that's another thing, you know, you talk about getting access as well, right? So some people can go on the infield at okay. some events and some people can't. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's also depends on like how big you are, mm-hmm. right? So like Getty is like the number one, it's the gold standard Getty for dark. I mean, they're, they're always going to be on the infield. They're like the black vest. They always got on the infield. They have first dibs on everything and then it, it's trickle down. Right. <laughs> and then who else is left? Go figure it out. Um, I think in London, um, I was I was in the finish line pit, crammed in there like a sardine. I was sweating. <laughs> you, if you leave, by the way, if you leave, that spot is um, that's it. I mean, you, I mean, I mean, like someone's gonna fill that spot. Yeah, and so the this was during the uh, the four hundred, and uh, Wade Vindicker was um, was gonna run in the South Africa. Uh, photographer came rushing in and he looked lost. He was shooting another event. He was just like, can I get in there? Trying to cram in in between my head and another photographer's lens. And I just said, you know what? Like, you can have it. And so Roger and I became friends. And I said, you can have it because I'm not shooting anybody from South Africa. And and he is. So it's, it's better to to kind of play nice with other photographers and be kind because you don't know when, you know, down the road that you're going to need that spot. Um, so hopefully someone in the future, another photographer will see me needing that spot for a USA athlete and be willing, maybe not to give up their spot, but at least make room for me so I can get that spot. Yeah, so, for like a certain um, so exactly. So it's part access being given by the, um, the agency, the organization, Part of it is just other photographers, you know, be there first. Uh, but it's it's usually first come, first serve. Last man line. standing. Like you know, whoever, yeah. finish line. Okay, so question about you say like you, you need to have, obviously you need to have some credentials. Like if you're going to apply sure. to have credentials at the event, like you need to have some mm-hmm. sort of like clout. Like these, these are the things <laughs> I've done or whatever. But when sure, you say sure. you want to go into it, um, with an assignment in mind, do you mean like, Hey, runner's world has hired me to take photos at this event for some articles. They're going to do something like that. So that the people putting on the event, know you have like a project in mind. Correct. Absolutely. Correct. That is a hundred percent accurate. So pitching projects, you know, helping, um, certain agencies, um, will definitely, help you get approved if you don't have any assignment if you just say like i'm freelance i mean that could be anything and everything and so they're not going to really accept you you could again i'm not speaking on any kind of organization you could make it yeah but it's better to have that um you know hey i'm going to be shooting for so and so this athlete and then actually if you want to get remote access or sorry uh, you want to get infield access that's really when it comes into play so at pre-classic you know um you want to tell them, 
I would like to request an infield bib for the 800 at this time okay. because I am shooting blank and you get 15 minutes in and out. And <laughs> so that is going to help you uh, to get approved. If you just say, I want the 800, you, Jeff is going to say no. Yeah. <laughs> Give me a reason. Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, that's so cool. It's so interesting to learn all this. Um, okay, so I have another question about yes, um, like athletes getting access to photos from you and things like that. So does like an athlete buy a package from you, or like how does the athlete then have rights to your photographs? Because a lot of times when I want to like promote an episode on this podcast, for instance, I now ask the athlete. Do you do you have any photos we can use that you have the rights to? Not just a photo that you've been tagged in, but a photo that you own the rights to. So talk about that a little bit. Yeah, so that is uh, that's always an internal conflict uh, of that that I have, right? Because on one hand, I was a former student athlete, and photos are very cool to see yourself running. Totally, uh, I would love to see photos of me running, and I kind of made it my day one goal that student athletes should or athletes just not even student athletes just athletes in general should be able to get photos right and that but that was coming from an angle where I too was a student athlete I was not a professional at that mm -hmm. point I was just a guy with a camera who happened to run so that is that is different because you now it's different because as an NCAA, I just can't give athletes photos because it, it's going to be a violation of the NCAA, right? So NCAA, if you're listening to this, I'm not doing that. Um, you know, so that's that's another thing. I just can't give photos just to give photos. Uh, at the same time, I can't sell certain photos because I'm not there to sell. I'm not a salesman. I'm mm -hmm. there to cover it for editorial uses, right? So it's going to depend on literally every single event at every single venue, on every single athlete, I have something different. Wow. Sometimes I can, sometimes I can't. Um, if I post it on my Instagram and I have my watermark on it, uh, you know, yes, I'm going to give you the shot to use because I don't want you screenshotting it and ruining my like my quality yeah. exactly here you go because it's all because I you know even if I say no people are gonna do it anyways mm -hmm. and so let's let's build a good relationship you know um for some businesses of course that's that's a different story um you know, we try to work out a deal, of course, um, you know, cre photo credit is helpful, but it doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't pay, pay your bills. bills. Right. <laughs> exactly. So, so it's, it's like, a, it's, it's an evolving thing. It's a very controversial topic as well within the photo community, because uh -huh. you want, because some photographers are like, no deal, you pay me X amount. And that is the price. Yeah, I get that. I get that. I, I truly do. At the same time, when someone doesn't have the budget, then that is that is that that is the truth. I think everybody in the world wants to make a lot of money. That's no question about it. No question about it. But when there's the but when there's no budget, there's no budget. Mm. Um, and I think I've worked well with enough companies where they're not going to, you know, not pay me. They'll do their best to pay me. And I will do, and in turn, of course, I will do my best to provide the best that I can do. It's like a two-way street, right? So it's, again, it's hard to answer that question because it does change at literally every venue. 
every athlete company. And honestly, it might change again, um, you know, in 2021 with new rules, you know, with copyrights and things like that. I know there was a suit against uh, Instagram and, and all that happening. So it's a very touchy, touchy subject. Oh, wow. That's fascinating. I, well, yeah, because I totally changed my language when I asked athletes for photos and I actually just stopped putting photos on my feed of athletes, like of promoting episodes because there was Mm -hmm. just, it started getting really stressful for me um, because I used to just ask athletes, Hey, can I, can you send me a picture that I could use to promote this? And then I ran into something with a photographer and one of the athletes and I was like, Oh, I'm sorry. She gave me the picture. I didn't know that she didn't own it. Um, And so now I just say, do you have the rights? I always ask that question. So I guess my question with that is like, yeah, you like college athletes. Mm-hmm. They don't, they don't have the money to pay for, you know, no. fancy photography <laughs> and not all pros do, but some of the pros probably mm-hmm. do like, can, mm-hmm. could someone just be like, Hey, I want to buy a year long package with you where I get like three photos a month or, you know, something like that, knowing you're going to sure. be at these three events. Yeah, absolutely. Um, some do. Some companies do. Some teams do. Or like, yeah, I really, you're their agents or something. Exactly. And I really appreciate that for sure. Uh, you know, because it helps. It helps a lot with my travel. Uh, you know, either it's on a plane, it's in a car or whatever it is. I really appreciate. Yeah, I'm going to be at these meet. Can I can I provide a service for you? Um, and it, that also helps because as an athlete or a team or whatever it may be, you want to hire the photographer on the front end, not on the back end. Mm. On the front end, then the photographer, like I was saying, you can position yourself correctly for the best angle. So the research I would do is so-and-so is in lane seven. Okay, well, if they're running in lane seven, do I want to be on the infield or do I want to be in the stands? Do I want to be on the corner? Or do I want to be on the side? So these are like little things I have to think about, right? If I don't think about these things and I don't have an assignment, I'm just going to start shooting whatever it is. If I happen to get the image, I happen to get the image, Mm. right? Um, Sometimes just because the heat winner won and your athlete is, let's say, in like fifth place doesn't mean they ran a bad race. Could have been a huge PR, right? Could have been a huge PR. But if I set myself up, at the finish line, looking down the home stretch, the best I can do, unless they start going five lanes wide, I'm only going to get the person in lane one and in lane two, mm. because after they cross the finish line, what do they do? They put the hands on their, their, their knees because they're exhausted and they stand there blocking anything, you know, that I have. So my job knowing that would be, I would like an infield vest. Mm. So that way I can get more angles for you, for, for your team, your company, your athlete, whoever it is, so I can, you know, further better the uh, images. Otherwise, like I said, otherwise you're just going to get a get a finish line shot, which is fine, but your athlete's going to be a, 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 you know, way back, way back there with uh, everything being blocked off. So wow. these are the things I think about. Yeah. All right, friends, a quick break to thank Gooder for supporting this episode of the podcast. I am a huge sunglass freak. I wear sunglasses 24 seven, 
Oftentimes I'm inside my own house and I just have them on top of my head because I might have to walk outside and I can't stand the thought of not having sunglasses on when I'm outside. Gooder has super fun, fashionable, functional, and affordable sunglasses. The pair that I've been rocking daily are the Amelia Earhart Ghosted Me glasses. They have this aviator style look. I love them, but I also love my PBR glasses. I love my red shades. And I can't wait to see all of you in your Gooder shades as well. So make sure you check them out. I know you'll love them. Go to gooder.com slash another, and you will automatically get 15% off your order when you go to that specific landing page. That's gooder.com slash another. Make sure you tag me on social media so I can see your shades. I'm Lindsay Hines, 626. I'd love to see which ones you pick out. I mostly want to see if anybody else picks out the PBR shades that I love so much. I will definitely be wearing those sunglasses for my first 5K back, the Donna 5K that I'm doing October 24th. Again, that's gooder.com slash another, and you'll get 15% off your order. Friends, don't forget to check out the other shows in the Sandy Boy Productions podcast network. The Up and Running podcast with Lauren and Abby and the Illuminate podcast. And a little thing happening is I'm starting a parenting podcast. Just going to drop that in here. And it's actually live now. So here it is. You can go check it out. Check it out. Why is everyone yelling with Lindsay Hine? If you're a parent and you've never said that, then I don't know. I'm going to have to come to your house and you're going to have to teach me a thing or two because I find myself saying that all the time. So check out that new show. Why is everyone yelling? All right. Enjoy the rest of my conversation with Howard Lau. Tell me about the most recent event you did, the Big Friendly. What was going on there? So the Big Friendly uh, happened here in Oregon, Um, not just Portland, because we went all over Oregon. Um, Portland track, um, was trying to provide races in during the pandemic safely. So very limited numbers, not released to the public, no fans, very on the down low, it was like almost like underground, uh, all within of course, state laws and, and all that following all that. Uh, but not the typical track meet. Uh, everyone wore masks, got tested. Everyone, you know, I remember not even, I think it was not even Craig Engel's girlfriend could get into the meet that, I mean, that is like, they were doing everything. It is intense. It is definitely intense. There's a certain amount of numbers there, um, that Portland track had to, you know, be under. So we went to, uh, well, now that it's over, I can say it, uh, went to like Jesuit high school uh, we went down to the Mackenzie River track. We went over to Newburgh High School. So, like, we went all over Oregon um, trying to put on these races. And, of course, we have to, if we move out of Monoma County or different counties, we have to adhere by their rules, right? So, Portland Track was just trying to put races together so athletes could run. Um, we saw a lot of amazing races, a lot of amazing races. And, it's just it's one of those things it's like what could have been for tokyo this year um everyone was so fit um i mean records would definitely have been broken right so portland track was trying to provide an outlet for the athletes to run 
and at the same time, of course, provide the fans with some, you know, some races and uh, and then in turn provide some photographers with some jobs. So uh, they were trying to put these events on. They did. They put on five races uh, over the last two months or so. Yeah, I'd say, yeah, mid-July in the last two months, putting on these races together. Um, like I said, I had to wear a mask. I was, uh, I had to change my gear, right? So I changed my gear. So instead of getting the very uh, close and wide stuff, like, you know, really next to the athletes, uh, I chose for the very long telephoto lenses so I can stay away from the athletes. Mm. Um, so I'm just, you know, again, I am just in the background. Uh, I'm trying to cover the event. I'm not even here, you know, uh, trying to provide images, of course, the best to my ability. Um, so that was like, yeah, that was the big friendly, big friendly one, two, three, four, and five. They're all on YouTube and they're free. So, oh, fun. Yeah. Them. So, who hired you for that? Okay. Those <laughs> ones, it was a, <laughs> it was a mix. It was a mix. Um, it was a mix. It was, let's see here, Tempo Magazine hired me. Okay. Um, for sure on, on, uh, getting me images, uh, Providing me my covering my basic expenses, of course, going going down there, which I appreciate. So tempo, um, some other some teams okay. helped me as well. Okay, and then um, I also was there for Portland Track itself okay. because Portland Track is a is a nonprofit. So okay, I felt like it was my due diligence to provide them some images as well. So. It's like, again, the combination of multiple people hiring me because I am a freelance photographer, yeah. not just with a specific company. That's so cool. I, you know, what? one of the things I love about your Instagram so much is I have learned about athletes that like I wasn't following or didn't know much about um, that you've taken pictures of. And so it's just fun to see see that because you, I, sometimes it's hard to follow. Like there's so many runners out there. I'm curious, who is someone that you have photog photographed like that you're just like, why isn't this person covered more? Why aren't we hearing this person on podcasts? Who do you want to hear from? Wow, that is a that's a great question. I've shot so many different athletes. Okay, you know what? Uh, this one came into my DMs because I just posted on my story. Again, Lindsay can see because of my wall here. Um, I got some frames for some of my favorite shots up for the office in time for the podcast. We're putting this uh, on YouTube, by the way, though, oh, everybody. Really? Oh, oh, I'm putting full go. episodes on YouTube oh, now so oh, you guys well, there can you go. see. So you can, so you can see. Yeah. Um, I would say Sandy Morris. Okay. Pole vaulter. Yeah. So I don't think you've, you've no, interviewed I haven't a pole had vaulter. Her. There you go. So I have had Katie Najay. I, I can never say her last name right, but I've had Katie on. Yeah. yeah okay. All right. So Sandy, uh, the shot I sh took of Sandy was in 2016 at USA's. And it was her first time that she broke 16 feet. Uh, she did a backflip to celebrate her win. I caught that photo. Oh. And why that's special for me is because that was my first like big, if you will, big like, you know, uh, event. All the photographers left. They were covering Cunningham in the high jump. I mean, again, photographers can only cover so much, right? So they were like over there covering for the high jump. I realized like, I don't want to crowd their space. I'm just going to sit here and cover the pole vault because again, I don't want like herd mentality and follow everybody, uh -huh. right? So 
I'm going to sit here. I'm going to cover the pole vault. No one's around me. And I happen to get this shot. She's, she won. She's you know so excited. I snapped this photo. I got a photo of her celebrating with her, her dad snapped the photo. Uh, we got, Sandy and I, you know, of course, I was like, here's a photo, you know, and she was really happy uh, with it. And she just DM'd me today, this morning, explaining that that photo also meant a lot to her because that was the first time she broke 16 feet, first time she won. And quote, that was the first time she felt like the door really opened for her, that moment ah, opened for her. So, in the good. so I was able to capture that. And so I would say that at Sandy Morris would be a, an athlete I'd like to know a little bit more about. I think it also goes to just field athletes. Mm. I, I think field athletes just don't get a lot of attention um, in in general as much as they, they should. Um, I think they are very talented, of course. And so they're, they should get interviewed a little bit more. Um, the, and then I think World Athletics, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't know if you know. I but mean, I probably you, you know. know. <laughs> I just, they're changing how the jumps are being worked now, where like not the longest jump will win. Okay. So there's some kind of like new rule that's happening in the, in the field community. And I kind of heard about that. But I think if it was interviewed or or um written as much as those like vapor flies or like new shoes then i'd be clearly being able to tell you Lindsay, uh you know exactly what that rule sure. is right so apparently there's a really big rule that's happening and not a lot of people are talking about it because field athletes is i guess not getting wow. talked about so i would say field athletes sandy morris that's my answer you know i last week interviewed christian taylor and I could have, I could have asked him. Yeah, I'm sure he would have known. Yeah, yeah. So it's a new rule, and and I just don't know too much about. You know, it's so cool too that you you got that moment because I'm sure there are so many times when an athlete does something really cool, and they're like, oh, I wish that I had that captured somewhere. And a video is not the same as a picture. It's just not. Correct. Correct. I mean, you you can display the moment on like an iPad, I guess, and put it on loop, Sure. you know, but um, that's why I, I kept two photographies. I want to create a piece that people can print, you know, and, and display in their house proudly uh, and say, wow, that look at like how nice that piece of like art is, because I think running is art. Mm-hmm. It's very beautiful. Uh, you know, the form, um, I don't know, the Portland 5000, like the, the Bowerman guys running it looks photoshopped Mm -hmm. it's not because they're just running on tempo they were just like on beat trying to hit that pace perfectly stride for stride i think that was like the perfect i guess you know definition of like on pace on beat because their stride was like literally perfect um well-oiled machine so i mean i like my photos to be art i Mm -hmm. shoot and an idea of like, this is going to be art. This is going to be displayed somewhere. Um, hopefully one day I have a gallery show or something like that. But that is the the goal of when I shoot something is not just to get the photo. Yes, capture the moment, fine. But also create like art. Yeah. That is in running, in running. That's that's the thing. So the other person from your Instagram that I looked at that I thought this person would be interesting is Karan Clement, who is a 2016 gold medalist in Rio in the 400 meter hurdles. So yes. Yeah. What do you know about him? Do you think he'd be a fun interview? He is awesome. I got the chance to fly down to LA uh, pre COVID 
to like watch the hurdle mechanic group coached by uh, Coach Boogie Johnson. Um, so they they have arguably the best hurdling squad. Uh, you know, multi, multiple Olympians, gold medalists, silver medalists, national record holders, all 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 that. And he was so nice. And I mean, from one side, like I was telling you, I was a student, like athlete. Hurdles is my thing. Yeah. So watching these athletes run hurdles as a coach, as an athlete, amazing. As a photographer, capturing these Olympians, you know, it doing their their thing is amazing, right? So I was just in awe. Um, I got to, you know, just cover them and uh, really happy how that trip turned out because it was kind of like an impromptu trip. And I got to meet, uh, got to meet him and a lot of the other, all the other hurdlers. Yeah, he'd be fun. He'd be fun for sure. All right. So Sandy and Karan, those are the two. Yeah. Those are the two people that I'm pulling from your Instagram that we're going to sure. interview. Oh, sure. I love it so much. Okay, so I also noticed from the Big Friendly, you did a caption about shooting at night, and you posted like you kind of like took it from a different angle and like made sure you just had a really solid plain background so talk to us about how how do we make an image look good like that yeah so my quick tip is of course pick a clean background okay right so you don't want the background to be too distracting different colors things sticking out of people's heads mm-hmm. signs i mean those unless those are signs are like olympic rings right you know no one really cares that it's a five dollar domino's pizza sign like that doesn't add to the image so i try to find a clean background i think the image that you're referring to is like the the really dark black uh-huh. background uh-huh. the athletes are lit up okay so yeah. i found a clean back black backdrop essentially which are the trees really far away not the stadium lights so i positioned myself so the background would be those trees way back wide and this is like at eight o'clock right so it's really late then i waited for the athletes to cross the finish line when they're doing their laps the finish line it's lit up by the finish line light the light is used to help with the timing. So the main source of light that I used was the finish line light. So I underexposed everything, underexposed, not over, I underexposed everything. So the only thing that would be lit would be the athlete crossing that finish line. So it's a different image for sure. Very different, very unique. Um, I love clean backgrounds. Um, I always look for that. That's like the step one, look for a clean background, get low, get low to the ground. I like to make athletes look like a lot more powerful mm. than they are. So like the down step is not a very like attractive photo because they're downstepping, their arms are coming in and they have, mm-hmm. you know, that face that they're making. Uh-huh. Um, as an athlete, again, this goes back to student athlete, right? As a student athlete, I don't want to make some stupid face. Uh-huh. I know I'm winning. I know I'm about to PR in a way, but like, I don't want to make a stupid face. More times than not, most people prefer not to have a, a funny looking face. Uh, we can't control that in a race, right? So my camera, thank you, technology, uh, <laughs> is able to fire so quick, like 15 frames a second kind of fast, where I can capture multiple, you know, shots and uh, the way I can position it. So, you, you know, no one's getting double chins. Mm-hmm. No one's doing down steps. Everyone looks very you know, almost like majestic when they're doing their strides, very powerful. Those are all the things I look for. 
And, uh, you know, you don't technically need the best camera. I mean, I started shooting with the kit camera, but those, I would say two things, clean background and getting low is going to create a better photo than standing up in a very crowded uh, back backdrop. Yeah. I, w- I would say though, yeah. I love it. Okay, what are your dreams for the business? What are your dreams for your photography business? You know, the Olympics. Yeah. I mean, the Olympics is definitely like number one. Uh, LA 2028 just mm-hmm. dropped a new promo video. That got me really excited. Uh, I did try to, you know, uh, to attempt Tokyo, but I missed the deadline um, by like a few weeks, not knowing that they accepted and closed the uh, deadline like two years, <laughs> uh, two and a half years before oh my the gosh. actual thing. Yeah, it's not something. So Worlds, Worlds is about a year. Okay. okay. Maybe even a little bit less than a year. You kind of have to figure out like when to apply. That's usually like about a year out. The Olympics is about two and a half is what I found out. And again, this was back in like 2018, right? So wow. I was like, darn, I just missed that. Um, that was definitely disappointing, but that's okay because no photographer is really going to be able to get their first, you know, go at the Olympics. It takes literally multiple rounds of the Olympics to get chosen. Um, so fingers crossed for, you know, LA 2028, Paris would be cool. We'll see. Um, you know, I'm only, again, I'm only, but I'm like, I'm 29. I'm still in my late twenties. I have time to, uh, achieve those goals. Uh, I like to think of myself, um, and not get you know too beat up as like sushi masters. You know, those guys spend decades just like washing rice, literally like decades, just washing rice and making rice. But when they're in their 70s, and they consider that master level, like that's like top level. So I have a lot of time at, at, at the same time to to get that goal. So fingers crossed. Olympics, you know, that is the that is the goal. Hopefully I can I can uh, cover that for an agency or, or, or a company or something. Um, that'd be really fun. You are not missing the deadline to apply this time. No, I, I don't think so. Now with COVID, <laughs> it is a little different. With COVID, it is a little different because I don't know how many they can accept now. You know, it's going to be tighter than ever. They, they used to cram photographers in like sardines. Yeah. Now it's like, okay, you you only get so many photographers I that mean, get to go. Yeah, it's crazy. I, I often think like, even in like four years, though, will it will it be the same again? Like, it's so hard I don't to know. know. Right, exactly. And so I don't know. But you know what I can do is just work on today, you yeah. know, build relationships and improve my craft and my time will come. So I know you coach as well. Photo- and then I also saw on your website that you do like weddings and senior pictures and stuff. But like, do you prefer is your is your preference like sport and athletics? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Uh, I, I think, I mean, I can definitely do senior photos and I can, I do a lot of event work as well. Um, before this pandemic, you know, I was shooting a lot for like Nike on the Nike campus because it's just a quick drive over into Beaverton. Um, but you know, if they're working from home, there's no events on campus. So they, they don't need a event photographer or anything yeah. like that. Um, but you know, those can be really exciting too, because you have athletes, visiting um really cool fun events uh on campus that i can you know cover but nothing beats the the winning that gold medal feeling at a, at a race right so i prefer to shoot athletics because i also know it the best i can i, I do my research and i know 
exactly where to be, what's the best angle, you know, if they're running the hurdles, I know it's going to be a three-step. So I can kind of time it correctly uh, and, and all that. So I would say, yes, athletics would be my pick. Um, and yes, I coach. I coach as well. Like I was saying, I coach high school uh, for Portland Public Schools. Uh, this is my fifth year as a, as a hurdles coach. And then I also coach uh, elementary school kids um, with Runner to Runner. It's a, a youth running company. Um, I was telling way in the beginning of the podcast, I didn't get that opportunity to run in uh, in elementary school or middle school because um, there's were any programs around. So my goal now is to provide that you know service, hopefully for the next generation of elementary school athletes. You never know, right? You never know. I'm confused though because in Portland, it seems like such it's such a big track town, like that there wasn't opportunities. There weren't any. That's I crazy. Mean, it, when I was growing up, it was baseball, football, basketball, and soccer. I mean, that still kind of is, but like there was no track that invited like a us. club team or something. No club team, nothing like yeah. a running program. Now, keep in mind, you know, the elementary school itself had running, right? Yeah. As like run for the arts, as a fundraiser. I won that, by the way. I mean, <laughs> I, I was like, this is so fun. I, I don't understand why. I mean, no one was like, you know what? You, you should try track. Yeah. And then at that point... I would have at least looked into what track was or like, you know, uh, internet really wasn't a thing. So it was dial up. So I would have like, he's going around. He's like, Hey, does anybody want a running club? Um, that would have been, that would have been fun. But yeah, there wasn't for, for how Prefontaine and track town USA and all the history in Oregon for youth elementary school kids in the nineties, early two thousands, when I was growing up, there weren't any that's as, wild. as available. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That's wild. Um, okay. We're going to do into podcast questions here. Okay. What is one thing professionally or personally that you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Uh, Olympics. Olympics. Yep. <laughs> Olympics. Yep. Yep. Hopefully uh, get that crossed off uh, I, in my lifetime. I figured that was what was going to come out after what we yeah. literally just talked uh, yeah. about. <laughs> What's an accomplishment you're most proud of? Um, I would say London World Champs 2017. Um, I was an insurance producer for State Farm, nine to five, day in and day out. It was just wow, so much. And so I was like, you know what? I'm going to take this risk, fly over to London and uh, cover this, cover this so you just uh, went World on Championships. You were like, I'm just going to go. I, we're going to do it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to apply for it. I'm going to shoot for, you know, I found a, you know, somebody that needed fold, fo- uh, photos and I said, I'm taking my vacation and I'm just going to go because that nine to five was just so grinding and it wasn't something I wanted to do. I mean, insurance is pretty boring. Yeah. You're not going to lie. Right. Writing car insurance. You want to talk about car insurance? Let's talk about car insurance. <laughs> no one wants to talk about car insurance. So I, I wanted to feed into my passion. So I just, you know, I did, Use a lot of my savings. Yeah. Uh, I saved up for it and I just went for it. Uh, and I'm glad I did. So I'm really happy I took that step. That opened up a lot of doors. It taught me a lot about how photographs and, and photographers like kind of work at a championship level. Like speed is king. Like you need to be fast. You need to be efficient uh, with everything. So that, yeah. London 2017 was 
what I would consider my most and proudest like accomplishment. Yeah. I mean, and it's kind of just a testament to like, you have to put it out in an investment on yourself to, to make things happen. Like you're not going to just get hired by all these people to shoot at this really prestigious (laughs) event. Like I'm going to take a chance on myself. I believe in myself. It's going to cost me some money. It's going to cost me a lot of time. It, there's definitely risk involved, but um, a lot of times that's how big things happen in people's careers. You got to take a risk on yourself, a chance on yourself. Absolutely. Pay yourself first. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. What's the best, most recent book you've read? That one. Um, so let's see here. The most recent one, since you know it's studio anywhere, it's, uh, it's a talking about how you can make a photo studio out of unconventional places. I have a project being dropped this weekend okay. uh, uh, with 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 some stuff. So with Portland track and things like that, that's all I'll say. It's going to be dropping about this weekend um, to be a little different as well. So in, inspired by this book, it's called Studio Anywhere, a photographer's guide to shooting in unconventional locations. So we should follow your Instagram to look for the announcement. The announcement. Yes it will, it will drop. It will be, um, some, some, some stuff will be dropping this weekend okay. along with Portland track. Cause we, that this information will drop before this episode airs. So if you guys go to his Instagram, you will see the announcement somewhere yes. around September 2nd or something like that, or September 5th, September or 5th, yeah, 5th this weekend. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, exactly. So if this podcast comes out, it'll be a few they weeks. Should be on, it'll be on there. Yeah. There it is. Okay. Awesome. I love it. Okay. Who's someone fun, motivating or inspiring you want to have coffee, tea or cocktail with? Oh, I just watched Bruce Lee's 30 for 30 be water. So I'm going to say Bruce Lee. Uh, he died way too young. Um, you know, it was a very inspiring martial artist person, um, coming from China, I, coming from my parents' hometown, actually. So, oh, cool. uh, I would, I would love to, to, uh, to chat with Bruce Lee. Oh, and a university of Washington. Uh, he went there for a year too. Oh, so. wow. Yeah. So that's random. I like Bruce Lee. Yeah, I know. Right. So Bruce Lee, Bruce oh, Lee for cool. sure. I love it. Um, I, speaking of martial arts, I just, we're, I just signed my boys up for, to do karate once a week. Um, oh, yeah? we're doing remote learning here, uh-huh. um, in Indiana and at the, uh-huh. our public schools. And so, um, we have neighbors and we just hired someone to come into the backyard and do it in someone's backyard at recess time. Fun. Fun. <laughs> yeah. Fun. They've never done it. I'm excited. Okay. So here is your last question. What is your one okay. message to send to the world? Vote. Mm. I'm going to say vote. If you have not registered to vote, vote this election, local elections, all the elections, register yourself to vote. It's more important than ever to go out and vote. That's a great message. And this will definitely come out before the elections, but they're creeping up fast. They're creeping up fast. So I know it's hard. I know it's tough. Um, But yeah, register yourself to vote. Oh, thank you so much. All right, friends. Thanks so much for being here today. Thank you, Howard, for coming on the show. You can find him over on Instagram, How Lao Photography. You can find me, Lindsay Hine 626 Links to everything we talked about, the sponsors of this episode, will all be in the show notes at lindsayhine.com. And we're also putting most of these interviews up on YouTube now, so you can subscribe to our YouTube and check out the actual videos as well. 
It's probably me making a bunch of weird, awkward faces, but I think it's fun to have the videos captured. Don't forget to check out the new podcast that I casual, casually dropped mid-roll here. Uh, Why is everyone yelling? It's a new parenting podcast that I am launching. I'm officially launching it Tuesday, but I don't even know why I'm saying that because I already have it up on iTunes. So you can go look at it now. Make sure you subscribe and leave a rating and review. Uh, All right, friends. Thanks for being here. Thank you, Hal. And uh, have a great Friday. Have a wonderful rest of your weekend. And as always, I will see you next Friday.